Welcome to Truth in the Word. Join us today as we allow the Word of God to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Now, here's your host, Pastor Jim Newsom. Yes, this is Pastor Jim Newsom, and this is Truth in the Word. I'm broadcasting today on the Anchor platform. Going to start a new study today in the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, uh, the book written by Luke, the same man who penned the Gospel of Luke. Of course, he was a doctor. It was written in AD 62. The purpose was to document the growth of the early church. We're going to see the birth of the church, which is still in existence today, beginning Acts chapter 2. And the theme to show the development of the early church from the ascension to Paul's imprisonment at Rome. Now, when Christ departed or, or was taken up, he made an announcement of a mission that was given unto the disciples that was go into the world and preach the gospel. And this is done through human agency under the power of the Holy Spirit still holds true today. If we are to preach the gospel, the truth, the good news, then we must be empowered by the third person of the Trinity, who is the Holy Spirit. A person, a person, the third person of the triune Godhead. Now, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we'll go there and study that just a little bit and then study it again in the, sequ- in the sequence of Scripture. He said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Ye shall receive power. And that word in Greek is dunamis or explosive power, something that's a change agent, miracle-working power, an ability only given by the Spirit, and only can we do this in the strength of the Spirit. We don't even know what to say unless the Holy Spirit helps us as we read and study the Word of God. So he says, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, that's when we receive the power, Now, the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit is the breath of God. In the Old Testament, it's Ruach, breath. And in the New Testament, it's where we get the word for what? Pneumatic. This is where the abundant life of God comes from, is through the catalyst, who is the Holy Spirit, only by the Spirit of God. In Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, we see we see the prophet speaking to a man called Zerubbabel. And he says, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. In other words, your power, Zerubbabel, comes from the spirit and the spirit of God only. We need to get this in our hearts and our minds, that we cannot do nothing by by ourselves in the church today. If we follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit, if we seek God, then the Holy Spirit will help us. He will help us, guide us in all truth and all righteousness, teach us, comfort us, give us revelation that's needed according to the word of God. He says, you shall be witnesses. 
to record, to point towards Christ. That word could even mean to be martyred for the cause of Christ. So we can only be a witness if we receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's available today according to what the Word of God says. So the key words are Holy Spirit and the church. The Holy Spirit and the church. The church cannot be the church without the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. Plain and simple as that. If, if, if we are not activated or active or listening or prompted by the Holy Spirit, amen, being guided by him, then we're not the church. Plain, plain and simple, the church. Jesus Christ is the head of the church, and he sent the Holy Spirit to guide us into all of his truth and all of his righteousness. He purged the church with his own blood. He's coming back after a church. The Bible says without spot or wrinkle. It says, upon this church, I'll do what? Build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Okay, chapter 1, verse 1, the ascension of Christ, what we're going to talk about. So Luke begins here, Acts 1.1, The former treaty have I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. That word treaty means logos or word or something said. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God, and the word became flesh in John 1.14. Okay, the logos, the word. Who is Jesus Christ? So this letter is a written word concerning Jesus Christ and the Acts of the Apostles. Now, that man, Theopolis, was perhaps a Roman official, but it's unknown. He's mentioned in Luke chapter 1, verse 3, and in Luke 1, 4, as a man instructed in the life of Christ. In other words, he knew Christ, most likely a Gentile. Acts 1, 2, until the day in which he was taken up, or what ascended, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles, which he had chosen. So he was taken up, ascended. In Mark 16 and 19, though so then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and set on the right hand of God, which is where he is right now being our intercessor, being our advocate, being our mediator, one mediator between God and man, and that's the man, Christ Jesus, the one sitting by the right hand is the one that reconciles me and you to God. And he's, the, he's the only way that we can be reconciled to God, is being born again, receiving him into our heart and our lives, and making him Lord of our lives. Now, when we use that term Lord, I mean he controls us. He controls us. We allow his Holy Spirit to rule and reign in our lives. Guide us and lead us into all truth and all righteousness. So he said, he said, I've given commandments or I've charged them unto the apostles. That word apostles means ones who are sent to teach and preach the word of God established. In Acts 1.3, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion or suffering, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So he showed himself unto them. First Corinthians 15, beginning with verse 2, Paul wrote, But which also ye saved, if you keep in memory that I preached unto you, unless 
ye have believed in vain, for I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And he was seen of Cephas, or Peter, then of the twelve. And after that he had seen above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. In other words, some are alive and some have passed away. After he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all, he was seen of me on the road to where Damascus as one born out of due time. Luke 24, verse 36, And as they thus spake, Jesus stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold, listen now, behold my hands and my feet. That is, it is I myself handle me in the sea for a spirit have not flesh and bones, and as you see me have. Okay. The scripture says, as Jesus Christ are, so shall we be the first fruits of the dead. So we shall be like Christ when we are, praise God, glorified or receive our new body. And when he had spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet, which showed the scars and, and the nail prints. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any? Meat. He gave them a piece of broiled fish and of a honeycomb, and he took it and did eat before them. Acts 1 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from where? Jerusalem. That's where the church started. But wait for the promise of the, the promise of the Father, which he saith, Ye have heard of me. That term ye heard of me means Christ spoke of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He promised them the baptism. John said, he said, he said, I baptize in water, but there's one coming after me. John the Baptist said this, who shall uh, baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. In John 16, verse 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient for you that I should go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment, of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my Father, and ye see me no more, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Listen, how be it, verse 13, John 16, 13, how be it when the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you unto all truth. He shall speak not of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. The Bible says all power and all dominions have been given unto Jesus Christ. Acts 1.5 for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. That word there, baptize, is baptizo, which means to be fully submerged, fully wet, fully, uh, uh, praise God, saturated 
by the Spirit, and by the power of God. In Acts 1 6, uh, right before he was taken up, they asked a question. He said, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? Okay. See, <clears throat> when he first came, they expected him they, to overthrow Rome, to be an insurrectionist, or to to uh, take them down and restore again the kingdom. In other words, restore Israel back to prominence. And make no mistake about it, Israel one day will be the lead nation of the world. So he says, they said restore again the kingdom to Israel, so a kingdom that literally exists, that will be restored. Amen. After the coming of the Lord, after the battle of Armageddon, the thousand-year reign, then they will be the lead nation. They will be dealt with according to the Word of God in the book of Revelation, which is called Jacob's Trouble. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 11, beginning with verse 1, I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid, for I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. What ye not, what the scriptures say of Elijah, how he made intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed my prophets, and dig down thy altars. I am left alone, and they seek my life. For, when, for what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved unto myself seven thousand men, who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Hmm. Image. Even so then, at this present time also, there's a remnant according to the election of grace for a people that is still genuine. God's remnant. God always has a remnant. Isaiah 1.9, had not been for remnant, we'd all been as Sodom and all been as Gomorrah. Amen. So the prophet Jeremiah wrote in chapter 30, verse 1, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord God of Israel, saying, Write all these words that I have spoken unto thee in a book. For lo, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel and Judah, saith the Lord, and will cause them to return to the land and that I give to their fathers, and they shall possess it. So they're going to possess the land. This all started May 14, 1948, when Israel was declared once again a nation, no longer Palestine, but the nation of Israel. Acts 1-7, and he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. So restoration of Israel will not happen until after the times of the Gentiles. When this dispensation, the church age, comes to an end, and all this will be put into motion. But he declares that we are to, while we are here, we are to occupy until he comes. No man knows the day or the hour. Listen, he says, the Father hath put it in his own power. It's not for you to know the times or the seasons. Amen? Or, or forecast dates or prophesy dates. Come on. Amen? Only God in heaven knows the coming of the Lord. But, but, but that's been done 
down through the years, which causes confusion. And the Word of God says that he's not the author of confusion. We just simply don't know. So, you know, what we don't know, don't speak. Amen. We don't need theories. We don't need conjecture. We need truth. So the times here is a particular time. This is only known by the Godhead. Okay, we're going to revisit Acts 1-8 here. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witness unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea, and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So the Great Commission still holds true today. It's still out there. It's still to be accomplished. It still needs to be pressed into. I mean, Paul said to press the high mark of the high calling. The high calling is to preach the gospel. That's what, that's, that's what we as a church are supposed to be doing. We're not businesses. Preachers are not CEOs. We're the church. Amen. They're to be pastors. The Bible says, well, the pastors just scatter the sheep. So in Matthew 28, beginning verse 16 through 20, then, then the who eleven disciples went away into Galilee unto a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Okay, he's he, he's the lead, he's the head of the church. All power has been given unto him. He uh, praise God accomplished that at the cross when he defeated all powers and all principalities, what he went through, everything that we have problem, a problem with today, there was an answer to cross. He's the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes unto the Father except it be through him. He says in verse, verse 19, Matthew 28, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Acts 1.9 And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Hmm? Now, Peter, James, and John had already saw him on the Mount of, of where Transfiguration, where he was glorified. That's why John said we handled him, we saw him, was with him. We know him. So when the Lord was taken up, he began his high priestly, um, praise God, appointment. He's, he's king, he's priest, he's Lord. And he sits by the Father's right hand right now, making intercession for me and for you. He's our great high priest, our advocate, our go-between, our mediator. He doesn't move from that spot. He's the reconciled. He's the one that reconciled me and you back to God. Hebrews 4.14, Seeing then we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, only him. He's the only mediator. There's no, there's no in-between. Man cannot, man cannot stand between you and God. They just simply haven't paid the price. They can't do it. Our mediator is Christ. And there's only one that can speak for God, and that's Jesus Christ. 
because he is God. Let us hold fast our profession. Why do we hold fast our profession? Because we have a great high priest that's already passed into the heavens. They saw him go up. Praise God. They saw him go up. Peter wrote in 1 Peter 3 and 22, who is going into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. All dominion and all power has been given unto him. Acts 1.10 And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Yeah, these two men were angels, angels of God. In John 20 and 12, we see and see of two angels in white setting one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had laid in the tomb. Amen. Angels do the work of God. Amen. The word of God says they encamp about those that love him and call of him. Acts 1.11 which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand you gazing in, up into heaven? So they spoke to them. This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. He's coming back in like manner, glorified, powerful. Amen. Coming back. Are we looking for him? Do we love his appearing? Are we expecting him? We occupy until he comes, but yet we're still looking for him. In the book of Daniel, chapter 7, verse 13, Daniel had a vision. He said, I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Okay, he said, I saw, behold, one like the Son of Man, who's the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, Amen. When the great king who Nebuchadnezzar looked in and saw the fourth man, he said, there's one in, in the furnace as the son of man. So this is the Lord came, listen, came with clouds of heaven and came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him. Amen. Zechariah wrote in Zechariah 14 and 4, and his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and towards the west, and there shall be a very great valley, and half the mountain shall be moved toward the north and half towards the south. This is coming back when he puts his feet on the Mount of Olives. Amen. The same place where he what? Ascended, he will descend. Amen. The Bible does not contradict itself. So he's coming back. The next time we're going to talk about them going to the upper room. So this is, we are prepped through the scriptures here of, of what's going to happen. We know that Jesus has went away. And we know he's told them we're, he's coming back again. Or, or through these angels, he said this. And he says, I'm going to send you the Holy Ghost that you can do what I've called you to do. Now listen. I believe we're nearing the end of this dispensation. Amen. I believe the signs of the times are all around us. And of course, people say, well, you, people have been saying that for years, but you got to look around and you got to see what's 
what's going on. We need to be ready regardless. We need to be like the five wise virgins. Amen. We need to be full of the Spirit. We need to read the Word of God and study to show ourselves approve a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. It's a point that a man wants to die. And then the judgment, and we need to be ready. Amen. So next time we'll go into chapter 12, talking about them leaving the Mount of Olives and going to the upper room. So until next time, God bless. We want to thank you for listening to Truth in God's Word today. You can check us out on Facebook at The Truth in God's Word. There you can message us for any reason, whether it be prayer request, comment about the show, or if you would just like to let us know subjects you would like to hear about on Truth in God's Word. We pray that you have a blessed day.